0: Unmasking the gray area. When does too much cross the line into unhealthy territory? In a world filled with varying shades of gray, it can be challenging to determine when too much of something becomes detrimental to our well being. Join us as we dive deep into the intricate realm of anything with Carrie, esteemed guest expert Carrie Schwer. I'm sorry I mispronounced that. Unraveling the mystery behind that elusive threshold where moderation turns into excess. Discover the signs, explore the consequences, and gain valuable insights to navigate the fine line between a healthy balance and an unhealthy obsession. Don't miss out on unmasking the hidden dangers lurking within the gray areas of excessiveness. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride.
1: the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved.
0: I'm excited to share our guest with you today. Carrie Schreer is an executive lifestyle coach specializing in the many gray areas we have in our lives. Her zone of genius is in habit creation, communication, leadership development, and intentional living by design. As a former gray area drinker, Carrie founded Gray Tonic and the Question the Drink movement in 2018 after her own experience of living in the gray. It led her to the service of others and offers bespoke coaching for business leaders seeking wellness, performance, and better relationships without alcohol. Carrie has also co-authored two books, The Successful Mind, Tools for Living a Purposeful, Productive, and Happy Life, along with her second, a Wall Street best-selling book, limitless now i'm excited to present her to you to do today please help me welcome carrie thank you so much april i love that introduction thank you i appreciate that my pleasure it is great to have you on the show you really specialize in gray area so i definitely want to let the audience know all about that what is that but let's start beginning with you. Can you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, sure. I am Well, first I'll say that I'm a very happily married woman for 34
2: years. I live in Richmond, Virginia, and my life, pretty much my entire life was in a gray area for many, many years. It wasn't until I had come to my own enough, as I call it, that got me out of the gray and we'll dive into that a little bit more. But where I'm at now compared to where I was even just seven, eight years ago is a complete different different person. And so I love transformation. I love seeing people grow. It is my life and my passion and why I do what I do today. So that's pretty much in a nutshell. And I'm a mom. <laughs> I have two grown sons and three fur babies.
0: Oh, my gosh. That in and of itself, when we care for others is is so many lessons in life that that you can't compare to. So let's talk about what great areas are. What do you mean by that? What what are some of the the examples of that?
2: Yeah. So the gray areas, there's many gray areas that we have in our life. And it is any place where there is complacency, mediocrity, confusion, fogginess, muddiness. And some of those gray areas are with our habits. For me, one of those gray areas was my drinking, my relationship with alcohol, I was not an alcoholic. I did not identify as alcoholic, but I was definitely drinking more than a social drinker. And about 50% of the population that consumes alcohol may be in this gray area. And there's this wide spectrum of drinkers. So I fell into this gray area, but I didn't know what I was. And that was part of uh, my process and, and my transformation that happened when I said I had my own enough. I came to a place where I realized I needed to address that relationship with the alcohol. But another common gray area that we have, April, is in our relationships. And I mm-hmm. see this so often with my clients as well. Again, that was another big gray area for me and my long term marriage. I've been married 34 years now. And about four years ago, in our 30th year of marriage, we came to a place where we felt like we were living as roommates. We started drifting mm-hmm. apart. And this happens frequently, especially in long term relationships. So gray area in in a relationship can look like there's not much communication. There's distance between you. You're acting as roommates. Like I mentioned before, there tends to be maybe an eye wandering outside of the marriage. That could be another gray area. And of course, Mm. we can have a gray area with our health where we have something going on, but we're ignoring it. We are not looking at the truth and we're brushing it over and we keep pushing it off to the side and we're not dealing with it. We also can have a gray area in our career where, you know, we feel like we're handcuffed to a specific job, or even if we're a business owner, my goodness, I see this all the time where business owners, particularly who mostly I work with anyway, but business owners tend to get so attached to their business and that becomes their identity. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to a point of, they don't feel so connected anymore, to that business, then they don't know what to do because their whole life they have spent building this business. But this can happen with anybody. It doesn't matter what the business choice is or the career, we can find a gray area in in our career as well. And lastly, spirituality is another place where we can feel that grayness, where we just aren't sure where we should be placing our attention. We feel very disconnected from a higher power, from God, from spirit, whatever you want to call um, your higher power. But for me, it's God. So we can have gray areas in any one of those places. So it affects many, many parts of our life. And it's any place that we're just not paying attention to where we need to be paying attention to more often.
0: Yeah. It sounds to me like these are areas where we kind of have this feeling or this nudge of something's not quite in alignment. And so Carrie, what was it like for you? Let's give your story as an example of how long did it take you to start really paying attention to it? And when did you decide to start doing something differently?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, most of my life I felt like it was happening to me, not for me. We've heard that statement before, but it's very true. I just went through life kind of willy-nilling it, (laughs) if you will. You know, get up, go to work, come home, make dinner, watch TV, go to bed, repeat, rinse, repeat, right? Yeah. It was the same old, same old all the time. And there wasn't any intention. There was no intentionality to my life. I just sort of allowed life to happen, which Far too often is what we see with a lot of people. You know, we see that they're just living a life of this is all there is. This is how, this is as good as it'll get. This is just how it's going to be. It's a whole mindset of, let me just do life. You know, we've been taught to believe we go to school, we go to college, we get a degree, we get a job, we work until we retire. And then, and only then can we be happy. And that's Mm -hmm. not the case at all. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about talking about the gray areas that we have, because I want to wake people up. I want them to feel the passion for life. I want them to move out of those gray areas and into a life of vivid color where they're not wearing a mask or veil over their face that they actually can see what's in front of them. And for me, it started with my career. I was so unhappy I've had seven careers. I like to call myself a seven-time career path conqueror because I've <laughs> gone through so many careers, but yeah. that was part of it. Then that led to um my drinking. And my drinking was a way for me
0: to mask the unhappiness that I was yeah. feeling inside. Unsatisfied with yourself, feeling yeah. like I don't know actually where I belong. You know, if you're going through different career fields and you yes, you know, you feel like first off, I feel like we identify too much into something, but yet sometimes I feel like we can feel definitely a lack of.
2: Yes, very much so. Very much so. And then when we don't know where we belong, that's a really good point. We're we're sort of in limbo. So yeah. we can also think of the gray areas as being in limbo. We're not quite sure what side of the fence we belong on. We're stuck in the middle. We're in that gray. It's not black. It's not white. We're just not (laughs) sure where we belong. So from there led for me personally on the drinking front, which I know a lot of people this can happen to where we think it's very normal. Mm -hmm. You know, again, society has taught us it's okay to come home and have a glass of wine with dinner and then have a glass of wine while you're preparing dinner and then have a glass of wine after dinner. And Mm -hmm. while your husband's doing it, your wife's doing it or your friends, you know, on the weekend and it becomes very social, And it's just part of our way of doing things in life and not that drinking, you know, it's not for me. And obviously I'm a proponent of not consuming alcohol, but I'm not, I'm not on a crusade against alcohol. What I am on a crusade for is for people to not remain complacent, for them to feel as though they're living with intention, that their life has purpose, and to get them out of being stuck. And I know we use that term a lot, especially in the coaching world, like, let me get you unstuck. But truly, it feels like you're just stuck in this mud Mm
3: -hmm. and you don't
2: know how to get out of it. And so that is my plea for, for everyone to know is you don't have to stay there. You don't have to accept it that way.
0: Yeah. We don't. And that's absolutely correct. So you definitely started seeing some warning signs that maybe you were consuming too much, or you realized that this is a coping mechanism. And so now that I realize I have this coping mechanism, what else can I do? So what were some of the things that you started working on slowly? Because I know that this, it's, some of us are able to do that cold turkey and just stop Mm -hmm. and transition right away and, you know, start elevating immediately. And I say, I would say for the most part, most people do not move that fast. It is a very slow process. So what was it like for you, Carrie?
2: Yes. Great question. Well, because drinking was the most prominent gray area that I had in my life, I didn't know where to turn april i mean it was it was interesting to me because i was that person like a lot of people that start to drink too much i'm googling in the browser am i an alcoholic how hmm. much is too much like how yeah. do i know when i'm drinking too much what do i do like i didn't know where to turn and without having anybody like myself back then right this was in 2016 there were i believe there were people out there, but I didn't see them. I couldn't find them. I didn't know where to turn. So I went the traditional route. And I say traditional because it's the most well-known outlet, which is Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm
3: -hmm. And I
2: went to AA and I thought it was an amazing program. It's a great resource for many people. It's helped a lot of people, but it wasn't a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't need recovery. What I needed was discovery. I needed to find a way to like, why am I feeling this way? What is this deep feeling inside? Why do I feel like there's something missing? And I knew there had to be more. So after getting a sponsor and reading the big book of AA and doing the 12-step program, I left after several months and I ended up working with a coach. And that coach became the catalyst for me. He showed me things about me that I didn't even know existed. And he held up a mirror. And he showed me possibilities for my life that I, again, didn't even know that I had it within me. Mm. And it was his words that said, Carrie, I believe someday you are going to be a coach yourself. And I think you're going to probably start your own business. And I think you're going to end up sharing your story with the world. And I busted out laughing and I said, (laughs) "Uh, you're crazy, dude. No, no, and hell no. That's never going to happen. And here, you know, just a year later, I'm in it kind of started with me wanting to start a small group at my church. It didn't work out at the church. And they said no to it because they had a recovery group. And I'm like, great. I don't want to be mm. recovery. I want to do something different with the gray areas. And they ultimately said no. So I'm grateful for the church for saying no, because if it wasn't for them saying no, I don't know if I'd, I'd be here today. Right. And you would have
0: gone it. in a different direction to find something else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's how the business got started. And I never thought, you know, I didn't really seek out to start my own business. That wasn't really what I had in mind. But that coach, again, he, all good coaches can see for their clients into the future. They see the possibilities. And I just couldn't see it at the time, but he did. And here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love the, you know, the whole mirror concept. He showed Mm -hmm. me a mirror of the possibilities. And I also love your term of the, I didn't need recovery. I needed discovery. And there's so much in that powerful word of discovery Mm -hmm. when we really start to look and find and understand more about ourselves and more about the world around us. And being those life learners, so to speak, I think that People like that really do excel to, you know, continue to do great things because they're constantly learning. And so, and constantly investigating who exactly we are and more, um, even when you start researching on a biological level, what our bodies are doing and learning what our minds are doing. And you had mentioned it earlier, but we live the same routine day in and day out. And you go to work, you know, you do the same Systematic approaches every single day. And that is a conditioning that we have put ourselves in and being able to break out of that, you know, first comes with the understanding that that's what we're doing.
2: Mm hmm. Yes. And you know what? You said it so perfectly because it becomes automatic for us, the autonomic nervous system. It becomes so programmed. Every habit that we have, we are programming ourselves to repeat it over and over again because our, our brain really wants to survive, not necessarily thrive. And it becomes so habituated and we habituate ourselves when we do the same thing over and over again. So that's why when I work with a client, we focus so much on their habit change and we look at their full schedule. I look at everything that they're doing throughout the day. And we start to make minor adjustments. When we start Mm -hmm. making those minor adjustments, we get that working pretty well. Then we start stacking on some new things to really help change their mindset. But a lot of the work that I do is about embodying a new identity. Because what we believe about ourselves, April, is exactly what shows up outwardly with our behaviors, and yeah. this is the number one thing that I really work on. And this is why I had a problem with AA, why it didn't work for me, why I didn't think it was a good fit, because I didn't want to say, hi, I'm Carrie and I'm an alcoholic. It cut my soul every time yeah. I said that. And I knew that I was an empowered person, that I wasn't powerless over anything. And again, this is me. I'm I'm not speaking for anybody else you know, that has gone through the program. I have mad respect for the program itself. But for me, it just wasn't a good fit. And for a lot of people, it's not a great fit. So it's about empowering this new identity, taking on a new identity, and we start to match the behaviors to that. And that's where the work and the discovery piece really comes into play.
0: Hmm. Well, Carrie, I want to say how impressed I am initially that you had even gone to AA in your position where you're right, that that gray area is like, it's not an extreme of this. It's not an extreme of that. It's just like I may or may not. And I don't really understand. And I'm starting to realize that this may be a thing or maybe Mm -hmm. it's not. But it's, it's a pivotal point to access that within a person, because we all have gray areas in something. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I believe that to be true. A hundred percent true. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. So there's, you know, when we have that acknowledgement and we, we start to see that that's like the, the best time to reach it because then it doesn't become an extreme you know, to where it's affecting more than just that one specific area in our life, because it then it becomes that domino effect, right?
2: Yes. And you know what you you just really remind me of something that is so key to say that being in a gray area is a choice. Hmm. Let me say that again. When you yeah. are in a gray area, you are electing to be there. It is a choice to remain in a gray area, whether it is with your relationship with alcohol or in a gray area relationship with a loved one or with your career or with your health. These are all choices. When it becomes no longer a choice, which can happen if you stay in the gray for too long, that choice is taken away from you, which is another reason why I spend so much of my life every single day preaching this to people because I want the word to get out that if you don't address the gray areas while you still have that opportunity, it will no longer become a choice and you will be faced with so many other issues and other problems that will cost you dearly. I've seen kids taken away from their parents. I've seen uh, divorces that cost upwards to a million dollars to get through the divorce. Mm. I've seen businesses fail. I've seen severe health issues. I've seen it all. And I am like I not am I done. I'm not going to let that happen. So I spent a lot of time really focusing on the importance of while you have this choice, while you're in this gray area, let's do something about it. Make the decision while you're still in that space before it's too late.
0: Yeah. I can absolutely see your passion and you're you're a hundred percent correct. It it can definitely have you going in the direction that you're gonna regret potentially, mm-hmm. and that's that's not a good thing, not a good place to where you want to be. And as far as you know, our health and well being. So much of my own personal journey, I I have come to that understanding and realization. You know, that's where disease starts coming in and, and you can't right. see it right away. I mean, the dangers of that gray zone area is that it we can stay in it for so long. Oh, yeah. And the more that we stay in it, the more it continues to build. And mm-hmm. as it's continuing to build, it's doing some major internal damage and which is reflecting externally as well. So. We're going to go into our first commercial. And when we get back, Carrie, I am excited to talk a little bit further, maybe going into the relationship realm. So you got it.
4: Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out, Melissa, at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course, and you can be admitted to the American board of hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want.
0: So coming back to you, Carrie, I want to talk a little bit about our relationship. So now that we've come to an understanding that we all have gray areas in life, period, it's just the way it is. And when we start to acknowledge them and understand them, we can make take forward steps into addressing that. But what about when we find people in our relationships that we see have these gray areas and we care so deeply about them? What are some ways or tips and tricks that you can give us to talk to them?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a tough question because I get asked this a lot, especially from someone that might DM me or message me that knows me on social and they'll say something along the lines of, hey, Carrie, my wife or my husband or my sister or brother, whatever, Mm. is doing blank too much and I'm really concerned. And while I appreciate the love that they have for their significant other or their loved one in their life, my response is always the same. You can support them in ways that will be supportive without being overly supportive and being part of the issue, but they have got to want to make the change yeah. For themselves, in order to make it better, it will never happen by you wanting it for them. We can want it so badly, but until that person is ready to take ownership and is willing to be committed to the commitment to make the change, it's really hard. But I will say this there is one thing that you can do, and that is to have open communication. And I always recommend when you start a conversation with a loved one, especially if it's a hard conversation, if you know it's going to be difficult for you to express, I'll always advise to start off by saying, are you open to have a conversation with me, something that has really been weighing on my heart?
0: Hmm. When you
2: open that way, you're opening the door for them to say yes or no. And if they say no, not now, you have to be respectful of that and come back at a later time. I still practice this with my husband. Just about two months ago, there was something I wanted to talk to him about. And I said, is this a good time for me to discuss something with you that's been weighing on my heart? And he said, not now. I'm really not in a place for it maybe later or maybe tomorrow. And respectfully, I said, okay. I said, absolutely. Because you cannot in sales, you know, in the sales world, you can't sell to a closed door. You can't have a conversation of deep value with somebody if the door is closed. It's only Mm -hmm. if the door is open. So that would be a good place to start is to get the buy-in that you can have the conversation and have this easy going flow and listen generously and come from a place of curiosity. When you do those things through communication, you will always
0: get a better response. Mm, I love that. Listen, come to a place of curiosity. I like that very much. And I couldn't agree with you more. I like your response very, very much because I agree. It is just gonna go in one ear and out the other if somebody isn't ready to to do the work but i think it's beautiful to have that initial conversation or request that initial conversation cuz i think just like many of us we may not be aware and so if you see something and you don't feel like somebody's aware having that gentle conversation i think is a really great idea and you know if they're open to it And at least it plants that seed, Seed. right?
2: Yes. I was just going to say it plants the seed for them. And even if that seed cultivates for two, three years, so be it. So be it. And that's exactly what happened for me, April. I had two people, two Mm. girlfriends and my husband, all plant seeds for me over a two-year period. I'll never forget one of my dearest friends at the time, Kirby. I used to go get my eyelashes done by her. And uh, she's local here, so shout out to her. But when Mm -hmm. I would go to her on a Saturday morning, hungover, she said to me one time, she said, Carrie, I have to be honest with you. I'm getting a little concerned because Mm -hmm. every time you come in, you seem like you're not feeling good from the night before. And I know you love wine, but girlfriend, I love you. And there might come a time where you're not going to be able to enjoy that anymore. And when Mm -hmm. she said that to me, I was, A, devastated. Be embarrassed and see, I knew she, I knew she was right, but it took more time. I had to come to my own enough as much as she wanted it, as much as my husband had said a few things here and there throughout the years. I needed to do it for me. I had to come to that own place and that's my advice for everybody. You can plant the seed, you can be supportive, you can share your concerns with genuine love. Be the eyes of love when you have that conversation. Like show them how much you love them and you care for them. And mm-hmm. when you come from that deep heart place, they'll feel it. Eventually they'll come they'll come to their own their own decision and that's what you can do best for them.
0: Yeah. And Carrie, what I love about the work that you and others are doing, it's, you know, when we look at being the on social media all the time and the messages that we're putting out mm-hmm. there, people are getting exposure to that. And mm-hmm. so there's these incredible positive messages for those of us who are brave enough to put them out to mm-hmm. expose ourselves. And to be able to reach many, many people, because again, that's just like planting many, 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 many seeds, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually it just becomes this beautiful chain reaction of the world healing and which we all need. We're in this pivotal time where I think that we have had, unlike any time in history when we've had this world pandemic and now Mm -hmm. we're feeling all of the after effects of that and this incredible time of having access to information across the globe. Mm. Like unlike any other time we can communicate with somebody in China or, you know, just in (laughs) other places right here right now. And we weren't able to share that kind of information so quickly. Right. And so we're able to be able to support one another on this incredible global scale.
2: Yes, it is incredible. It's incredible. I mean, social media has been one of those tools that we, it's kind of like the internet in itself, and now now chat uh, GPT, right, and AI. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's both a blessing and a curse at times that we can have this information, but we also need to have that discernment on how we're using it and all the things but i will share that i'm so blessed to have people all over the world that have experienced my work and it's inc- it's like unbelievable even though i live in richmond virginia i can still touch someone in new zealand which is what just happened last month i had i has a group uh, client in my in my 30-day group course and i mean my gosh The fact that I got to you know help this woman so incredibly much in her life and where she is now is such a joy. It's why I do the things that I do. Mm. And to be able to have that reach is incredible. So yeah, there's there's Mm. so many blessings to it, but we also got to be careful on how we're using a lot of these things.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of that, Carrie, do you have some, you know, this is where I, I get excited because if you're able to share some examples of some, some stories of people succeeding, of achieving, and maybe a story or two of something that is more uncommon in gray areas that you'd be able to share with the audience.
2: Yeah, I'll give you, I have tons of examples, but um, one that's maybe a little unusual that I'm so, one of my one of my stories that I, I, I'm so proud of is I had a woman work with me about three years ago, and she was always an accountant in accounting, CFO, um, always in that world. And she was always taught to be that her parents were that her siblings are that her, you know, everybody in her family was in the accounting world. So naturally, she became uh, somebody was in the accounting world, eventually became a CFO of a very large uh, top Fortune 100 company and broke off and created her own company. And I do this deep assessment with my clients. It's very proprietary, but we look at 13 traits and a lot of those traits are cognitive, emotional, and behavioral traits. And what we saw mm. with this particular woman is that she was not quite matched for the work that she was doing. There was mm. this, there was this um, incongruency with how her natural abilities and what motivated her emotionally was not being met. And this was a severe gray area for this lady. Mm. So much so that during COVID, she started drinking, you know, on a regular basis to deal with the stress of not only just COVID, but having this incongruency in her life. And it wasn't until we were able to talk that out, create some new ideas and plans for her where she started to thrive. This is a woman that wasn't meant to be in the back room behind closed doors, just servicing clients all day. Her role is to be out front going to get the business. So part of my plan with mm. her was, let's talk about how we can really build up a team for you. And now she has a team of four that does all the servicing for the clients. And she's the one who's out getting the business. So that's a good example of a gray area in a career. Yeah. A- Yeah, I got one for each each section, so I can tell you if you want, but you tell me where you like to go from here.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So
2: another amazing story, a great area story is I worked with another lady who was really in a loveless relationship. I mean, it Mm -hmm. was pretty severe. She tried and tried multiple times to save the marriage. There wasn't a whole lot of reciprocation on his part. And this is somebody who isn't able to use their voice. She was very quiet and introverted, very much of a people pleaser. How many people pleasers do we have out there? Yeah. And instead of speaking up, she kept quiet. She was of course working 15, 15, I'm not kidding, 15 hours a day on average, just so she wouldn't have to go home and deal with the silence that her husband was giving her. Well, finally Um, she got to a place where she had a conversation, nothing really changed. She had a second conversation and she gave him an ultimatum. It came down to her getting her voice and saying, unless something changes, I'm out. Well, that conversation is what led for him to have a complete 180. But he noticed over that year that she was working with me that she had moved into her own power and was Mm -hmm. no longer going to be this passive little voice that didn't speak up. And when he needed that. Yes. And their marriage was literally loveless. I mean, we're talking not even hello, goodbye, no meals together, no intimacy, wow. nothing. And those two are like this now thriving in their life. Oh. They st- you know, they're working at it. They still have work to do. That's a constant work, but my goodness, they are back on fire again. And it's a beautiful things to see, um, things like that happen a lot, you know, it's just the communication, it's really speaking up, being in control, embodying that new identity for yourself and your behaviors match. So different different situation, but same thing. And then um with drinking, oh, I got a gazillion stories on drinking. I mean I'll just I just got it fresh in my mind I worked with a gentleman a year and a half ago multi-million dollar business owner. Most of my clients do have multi-million dollar businesses and He is extremely active in his community. He does a lot of good work for his community and he was drinking. He was drinking a decent amount, considered a gray area drinker, but definitely on the darker uh, shade of of gray. And he came to a place of, I need to address my drinking because it's starting to affect how I'm showing up for my, my team, my employees, my community. And he really wanted to get a hold of this. And after working with me for a period, I think we were together about six months and then he did my group program. He really embodied this new identity. He was able to successfully give up alcohol. And just yesterday morning, I opened up Facebook. He had commented on a post that he just finished a 17,000 17, foot elevation hike. He just did, which is crazy, yeah. right? He did... Um, at 500 miles of, of riding his bike he hiked that, he biked the the uh, this big long uh, trail uh, 500 miles it was and he is now on a national board of directors, uh, a- amazing organization and he is thriving in his personal life and in his business all because he made the decision to de- decide to give up alcohol, put it off to the side, invest in himself, work with somebody who uh, was, you know, ahead of him where it can walk him through that, that case, yes, me. And he was able to put Mm -hmm. all this into practice and now his life is on fire. So this is another good example of, you know, you make one decision that you've got to that enough and you're ready to make that
0: change. Your entire Mm -hmm.
2: life can change.
0: I love that when we make that decision. We're like, I'm ready. And speaking of, you do have a model that's called DECIDE. Yeah. And so what what does that mean for you? What does this acronym DECIDE look like? Oh, gosh.
2: I love that word DECIDE. And when I thought about how my coaching model works, and I started putting the pieces together, I was like, oh, my goodness. This spells decide. <laughs> it was no <laughs> coincidence. Thank you, God. Right. So the decide model of change is a process that I take every client through. And the D, and I'll go through it pretty quickly. The D, the first D, is having the desire to make the change. You have to have the desire, or we're not even getting out of the gate. So right. most often, when somebody by the time they get to that uh, action stage where they're gonna do something about it, they've already had the desire. So that's pretty much a gimme the E is exploring your why. And this is so Mm. big. This is so big. I I tell everybody that if your why isn't big enough, then you're going to have a hard time because your why is your grounding forces. What's holds you steady. It's what you'll go back to every single time you get knocked off some way, shape or form, because guess what? When you are making a significant change, whether that's with a relationship, with a career, working on your relationship with alcohol, whatever it is, you will have life come up against you and try to knock you off. And unless that why is big enough, you're not going to make it. So understanding that why, and it's always something of deep value. I often hear health, relationship, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's finances. It could be a number of things, but that why kids, it has to be big the C is having commitment to self. And this is more than just saying, yep, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I want to make a change, right? No, it is having the commitment to the commitment. That means 100% all in. And I always say, if there's a backdoor excuse, even this much, if you have the door open this much, you're not going to make it. 98% Mm. doesn't count. You will Mm. always find a way to slither out the back door And say, it didn't work, right? So being 100% committed to the commitment. The I is the identity shift. We have to be willing Ah. to put on a new identity. You have to be, be willing to do that. And that requires digging deep. This is where it's great to have somebody to work with you to figure that out, what that looks like, help you do the deeper work. Then we add in the second D, which is daily habits. Your habits, absolutely reflect how you're living your life. So we spend a lot of time on creating good daily habits, good coping strategies, healthy strategies, ways to self-regulate, because guess what? Everything we do happens from our, our emotions and our feelings. And once we learn how to do healthy coping strategies, we could self-regulate ourselves even through breath, calm in our, our nervous system into a nice, restful, relaxed uh, state, we can then start adding in the really good habits that will edify you and will really improve your overall life. Mm-hmm. And the last E oh, is everyday effort equals expansion. When we do uh, effort, when we have that daily effort every single day, we naturally will expand as a person. We will expand our own being and we'll show up for not only ourselves better, but for those that we love and lead. And that is so important. So the decide model changes is very special to me.
0: Ah, oh, I love that so much, Carrie. I, I'm already envisioning people rewinding that, writing it down, embodying it. And you really hit on so many great key points and i envision them visiting your website to find out more as well which i definitely want people to know where that's at so i'm going to mention it now it's www.graytonic.com that's g r a y t o n i c.com and so i want to i want to just Say that it is incredible. You did a really great job with that acronym. You hit so many powerful points. Now, did you come up with that on your own? Were you inspired by others? Are there people or books that you have read that really helped guide you on your own journey?
2: Yes. Um, no one. Yes. Uh, so I came up with it on my own. The actual, the actual acronym, just based on working, you know, working on myself, number one, and then working with with clients. It just sort of evolved into this is kind of the process I'm taking them through. And actually, the I originally was invest, invest in self, and I decided to take that out and put in the identity shift because the identity mm-hmm. shift is so important. So it evolved over time um, to where it is now. But as far as books and who are my mentors and who I look up to, my goodness, there's so many. We'd be here all day. You know, (laughs) I mean, the, the greats, you know, I love NLP, so who doesn't love Tony Robbins and Oh my gosh, all the greats, you know, Jim Rohn, we're going, you know, Les Brown. I mean, we could go on for days for the people that I look up to in terms of, of empowerment work and motivational work and really having that life change. Ed Milette's probably my number one favorite person on the planet. Um, someday I will be a guest on his show. And, and he is such an inspiration for me and for so many, and his show is amazing as well. But, you know, just reading a ton of books, I'm a book freak. I have a ton of books <laughs> over on my shelf that I just spend a lot of time reading and really pouring as much information as I can. And that's part of those daily habits mm. that I really recommend that spend 20, 30 minutes every day reading something of value, educating yourself, learning to advance with something with your mind. You know, we, we obviously want to work out with our bodies. We want to improve that, but we also need to be educated. We want to be empowered and there's no better way than to do that with books.
0: Mm, I love that you say that. So that leads into another question is what are some of the things, and obviously that is one of the things that you do on a daily basis, but for you, tell me some other things that you do every single day to really help Keep your uh, health in order.
2: Yeah. One of the biggest recommendations I can give to the listener or the viewer is not to look at your phone first thing in the morning for the Mm. first hour if you can. If you can give me an hour, that'd be amazing. And also at least a half an hour before you go to bed, no screen time. The reason for that is, especially in the morning, this is the best way I could describe it. The moment you pick up your phone, and you start scrolling, whether that's emails, the news, or social media, what you're doing without even giving acknowledgement to it is you are giving all of your power to what's on the other side of that phone.
4: Mm-hmm. So, whether it's an
2: email that now you got to address the email and that's the only thing that's on your mind, or the, you know, someone didn't like a post that you did, or somebody commented negatively, mm-hmm. that immediately affects your mood. And the worst thing you can do is to give your power away first thing in the morning. So instead, I I recommend going into your own personal time, whether that is reading, whether that's exercising, journaling, saying positive affirmations, saying good things, visualizing how you want your day to be, stating daily intentions for yourself. Again, go back to intentions. When we pair intentions with awareness that we now have for ourselves, we become unstoppable because we take that intentions and we turn it into action, which are micro wins throughout your day. So having those intentions are huge and being deliberate about everything that you do. And same thing with nighttime, avoiding the phone, avoiding all electronics, getting into Mm -hmm. a good place going into gratitude. Gratitude is the best thing you can do before you go to bed because you're telling yourself all the great things that have happened to you and for you that day and you're able to then implement that during your sleep. Believe it or not, your unconscious brain is going to remind you of those good things and you're going to come up with some new ideas for the morning. And when you wake up, you're going to be more refreshed and in a better space and of course, journaling, all of this is really recommended as well. And when we just do those little bit of tweaks, even if it's just the morning and the night, not looking at your phone, moving into gratitude, having a little peace and quiet time for yourself, that by itself will change everything. You will set yourself up for an amazing day. It's as if you just put on a coat of armor and now you're able to attack anything that comes your way. It's just going to repel off you. Like it doesn't even matter when you're able to really fortify yourself first thing in the morning.
0: Mm. I'm a big believer of that. I love that you bring that up. And especially when you talk about how it affects us. So yeah, we all could hear and know that it's not good to look at your phone first thing in the morning, but you're describing how Mm. it really has a profound effect on us And we're energetic beings, right? And so what we put our energy into, it it has that direct effect. So thank you so much for sharing those things that you do and the morning and evening evening habits and how that can really have uh, a great effect on us and set us up in a great way. We're going to move into our second commercial. And when we get back, We're going to share a little bit more about you and what you're doing now. So stay tuned. So welcome back, Carrie. I want to talk a little bit first. You mentioned something when you registered to be on the show about what does it mean to uh when we're what does it mean to be okay with not being okay?
2: Mm. Yeah. Oh the essence of how to move through an experience. So anytime we're triggered or we feel under pressure, or somebody cuts us off in traffic, or somebody said something to us, or we're just mm-hmm. a drink, and we know that probably we're better off if we don't have one. Anytime mm-hmm. we're in those situations under tremendous pressure, know that it's okay to not feel okay. Mm. It's all right that we feel that way we are human. We are supposed to experience the range of emotions that we have. We have six core emotions, but we have so many feelings attached outside of those, of those core emotions. Yeah. And our go-to emotions is, as humans are considered the not so favorable ones. Disgust, anger, sadness, and fear are usually our go-to emotions as humans. So we're, you know, we, it's natural for us to move into one of those core emotions and then all the feelings that go with it. So, the advice here is to be okay with not being okay. And if Mm. we're able to sit through it, if we're able to sit through the experience and ask ourselves some questions, and I have a tool for that, also another one of my methodologies called the Saber Method, S A B E R. And the Saber is to say, stop out loud. This is especially effective when you're really feeling like you're about to blow or Mm. you're really wanting a drink or. Someone cut you off of traffic, or you just found out somebody was gossiping about you and it's not true. And you're like, no, no, no. your brain is just going crazy. You have these two incongruent thoughts. Your mind is just controlling everything, and you could feel your heart racing, and you're getting angry, you're getting upset, and you're you're in that space. Simply say, stop out loud. And when you do, something happens inside your brain. You actually give yourself some distance, you give yourself some space to just pause when you say stop out loud. Then the A is to acknowledge what it is that you're thinking about, bring awareness to what Mm -hmm. it is that you're thinking about. And in this acknowledgement phase of looking at your thinking nine out of 10 times, more like 10 out of 10 times, what you're thinking is not always true. Hmm. Always not always true, right? Because right. we always make stories up in our mind that makes sense to us. So you can ask yourself, what am I thinking about? And is it true? Is it really true? Or could there be something else that is true? Right. And when we take ourselves through that questioning process, we can see that there always is something else that could be true. And a lot of times, it's a story that we're creating without having all the facts. And to give ourselves that moment of of peace and grace in that moment, ah. the B is to breathe. This mm. works with our yeah. minds and our Perfect. body together because you're able to breathe into it. You're able to move out of this fight, flight, or freeze response and into a calm place where you can rationalize what is going on and you can be really good with yourself. Sometimes you got to stay with that breath for more than just a minute. Sometimes it's a couple minutes of deep controlled breathing, doing box breathing or the 555 method or something that's really going to get you in a calm space. The E and the R are the hardest for most people. They can get the S, the A, and the B, but the E is to embrace Where you are, give yourself the grace in that moment that you are Mm -hmm. human. And you know what? We are hardwired to naturally get upset. We're naturally going to be triggered and we're naturally going to crave something. We're naturally going to move into these core emotions. It's who we are as humans. So to embrace ourselves, give ourselves a pat on the back and a little hug and some grace is important because that gives us the permission to be okay with not being okay. And then the R is to redirect how you were thinking by making a new empowering decision and moving into gratitude. When we move into Mm -hmm. gratitude, We can't be in a protective state, what I refer to as a protective state. Instead, we move to an expansive state, and this will really help. So the saber is one of those tools that I recommend for my clients to use, and I love it because they use it as a verb. They say, I sabered through it today, Carrie. I had to use saber multiple times. (laughs) And, you know, I like to look at look at the saber as, as like a weapon for your thoughts, that you can slay those thoughts, especially when they're tormenting you and you're in that space. It works every time. You just got to stay with the breath, sometimes a little bit longer.
0: Well, and it's so easy to be grateful afterwards because you're grateful for, you know, actually doing that. Because essentially what you're doing when you start questioning is you're, you're basically bypassing that emotion. You're giving yourself enough time asking yourself yes. all of these questions and going down yes. and deeper into the why, why do I feel this way, etc. cetera. And it, it, you're, you're done with the feeling and you have accomplished. So it's so easy to be grateful after that point, because you're like, okay, Now I can go do something else and concentrate on something else. I wanted to bring in a a couple of comments. Keith said, hello, April and Carrie. Keith (laughs) is an amazing uh, writer and producer, and he's definitely in the wellness arena. So he said, you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. I prefer grateful.
2: Oh Keith, I love you already my friend. Yes. So we I say there's two states of being, right? And Tony Robbins talks about this. He calls it beautiful and suffering. I say protective and expansive. But we mm. can't be in both of these states at the same time. We're going to ebb and flow throughout the day. But the goal is to try to be more in an expansive state where we feel creative and happy and joyful and at peace with ourselves and we're in that state of mind. But you know, we're going to ebb and flow throughout the day. But gratitude mm. whew, we cannot be in a bad place when we have immense gratitude. And so it's important. The one thing that I want to say really quick, April, because this was important with Sabre, it's important not to judge your thoughts. Like, why was I thinking that? Because we're mm. human. Remember, we're going yeah. to have thoughts that come in our mind that aren't always our own, that, you know, yeah. they're coming off an old limiting belief that we have. It's creating these thoughts that are untrue in our mind. And we can even look at those thoughts as unintelligent thinking. We can look at them as false thinking because Amazing. that's what it is. And when we just realize we're human and we're going to have these thoughts and we're going to have these feelings at times, it gives us the permission to not judge and the permission to be okay with not being okay.
4: Yeah.
2: And we can move through it so much <laughs> easier. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and like you said, the our thoughts are not really that's not truth, yeah. You know, and so we we are so so hard on ourselves. So I want to bring in Carrie some of the photos that you get. This is really a highlighting moment for you because this is things that you have accomplished, where you have come, and I love to share this with the audience because you were in a place of you know, those gray areas, things weren't going well, things Mm -hmm. weren't going well for Mm -hmm. you. You were lost in that limbo and the marriage. And this is your time to shine. So tell us a little bit about this photo.
2: Actually, that was really recent. That was just about a week and a half ago. (laughs) Um, that was taken in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was there for an incredible event. With a company called Uplift Millions. And I was part of that uh, program for a year. And we are all heart centered leaders looking to really make some significant impact and be wealth circulators and really give ourselves to those we serve and those that we lead because it's that important to us. And um, it was just one of those moments where every, you know, we were up there taking photos and I was just coming off such an incredible high, um, from yeah. this immense work that was being done that weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was a good day. It was a red really carpet
0: day. and all that's an awesome background. Yeah.
2: Thank it really you. makes
0: you feel like royalty. Yeah.
2: Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was fun.
0: And then this photo I, I think is just beautiful. Now this is your partner in crime that you yes. have had alongside you for many yes. years now. Yes. And I just, I love this photo. I love your stance. I love your hand on his chest and uh, it's great. You want to talk a little bit about it?
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, this man is everything to me. This is Rob. Um, Rob and I have been together for 36 years, married for 34. He's the dad of my two boys, of our two boys, and uh, this photo was also recent. This was about a month ago in Costa Rica. And it was just oh, just one of those trips where I fell more in love with him if that's possible, but also just just being so filled. And I realized that my life has come so far, and I'm so grateful for what we have accomplished together. I mean, that great area we had, you guys, was no joke. I mean, we almost didn't make it. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: he also dug his heels in and we worked. And we really poured ourselves into each other. And where we are today, I am so grateful. He's such a big, important piece of my life. He also um loves to come live with me in my Facebook group and people love <laughs> him. Sometimes I think they like him more than me, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah. he's just he's we got it we have a really good rapport and we banter back and forth. And um that's yeah awesome. he's he's my rock. He's my rock for sure.
0: Yeah I love that the support that when you have a, an incredible relationship it it just flows so nicely. And it's what I like to call a power couple. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the book that you participated in and co-authored in.
2: Yes. Oh, this is another one of those, like, I, I, you know, I was already an author once, but this, this one, this one really means the world to me. Um, Oh yeah. So there was 27 of us and we're all, impact-driven leaders. And we all contributed with writing a book of our version, how we became limitless. And Mm -hmm. my particular uh, contribution to the book was the importance of how much words matter and what we say we become. And again, that goes back to the identity piece. And I share very vulnerable, raw story. Um, a couple of raw stories in there that were, even when I was writing it, I was crying through it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
2: realized that when you have that much emotion, it must be in the book. Um, so as much Aww. as I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to put that out there, right? You know, it's the right thing to do. and yeah. And I haven't, I've gotten through about 85% of all the chapters. The book isn't meant to be read front to cover. It's just you pick one and you read it. But every Mm. chapter that I've read has just left me in awe. It is incredible to see the transformation and the inspiration that each one of these authors brought to the table. And I'm so proud of this book. And we are Wall Street Journal number one bestsellers, so proud of that. We were on the list for, uh, well, for sure a week. It was definitely a week long. I don't know if we stayed on there. We still might be on, but I don't know if we're still at number one, but we were on there for a while. And uh, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be a part of this amazing book.
0: Well, whoever did the art and even the title, it's, I mean, it makes sense that it goes along with that number one bestseller because it's something that I look at it and I want to pick up it. It piques my curiosity. It's beautifully presented. And so oh, Bravo you. for the people that were involved in that. Yeah. I'll bring in another, a couple of comments. He said, my, my friend, Jamie Lula wrote a song and the hook is I have so much more to be grateful than, than to be sorry mm. for. And he loves that mantra. If he has an off day, mm. he says it over and over um very that. powerful. I do I, I do that. like that too. I love when people talk about different ways to express gratitude because there's many many different ways. I had a guest on the show yesterday who talked about his experience of doing a a gratitude practice each day and he said I kept saying I was grateful for the surgeries that I I was having and then I kept having more surgeries. So <laughs> the universe wants to keep giving you more of what you're grateful for. That's right. So, that's right. A very interesting thing to have on the forefront in that perspective. And Keith also mentioned about the partnership. My wife and I are celebrating 24 Aww, years. Today. Congratulations,
2: awesome. Keith. That's wonderful. Good for you. 24 years is no joke, friend, right? No. So, yeah. Thank you so much for
0: sharing that. I love. I that. want to bring in your contact again, so the audience knows how to find you, Carrie. Again, it's www.graytonic.com. Cool name, by the way. I have, of course, researched you a bit on my end for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show, and you have so much awesome content out there, and it's beautifully you. presented, and it definitely gives people tips and tricks. So You're a very giving, giving person. And I love that about people who are sharing information. It's not just about, Hey, come do my program. It's look, this worked for me. It can work for you too. I want to share it. So yes. I appreciate that about you. Thank you That's for great. being a light in the world. And so Carrie, that being said, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today.
2: Yeah, there is. And that is to question where you are. If you are feeling anything inside of your belly, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you feel something inside those internal questions that you might be having, whether it is with your relationship or in a career or in a, you know, with a <coughs> part of me drinking, don't ignore it.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't
2: keep shoving that under the rug because when you do it's just going to get worse be bold take action don't be afraid to take action there's so many things out there that can help you and if you don't know where to begin you can reach out to me if 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 I don't have the resources for you I will point you in the right direction um, speaking of, I do have two resources that are free. I would love to be able to offer that to the listeners. One is if you are concerned with your relationship with alcohol, I have a, f- a free mini course. It's a four video lesson. It's called think through the drink. It's, it's a way for you to ask questions. How much is too much? I go over the standard drink size, what that looks like. Things for you to really think about and ponder. And that's absolutely free. It's on the very top of the homepage of my website. You can see the link there. And at the bottom of the homepage on the website is 10 ways to move out of stressful times. You can self-regulate. And there's some great tips in there. And that's that's a couple-page PDF booklet. Absolutely want to give that to you as ways for you to... And Saber's in there, by the way. So you can research that. You can... I also included um, a mini little breathwork section section on, on YouTube. You can click that. That will really get you in a good Zen place. I do this breath work, a uh, little mini session with a lot of my clients in our sessions. It really helps calm you in a good place. So there are free things out there. Um, resources don't shove it under the rug. That's my plea for you. Life is too short to be stuck in any gray area. And you are so worth it. No matter what's going on in your life, you are worth it, and you will work through this if you want it.
0: Uh, see. Oh, sorry, almost <laughs> had you gone. But that's that's what I really, really love about you, Carrie. You you just you give so much, so much resources through your own stories, and now that it's wisdom, you definitely share that. So thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for being an incredible guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, April. It was such a joy to be with you. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Well, everyone, goodbye for now. Thank (laughs) you so much for joining. And we will see you later.